Welcome, everybody, to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Tuesday, March 24th, 2020. I am your host, Detroit sports writer Nolan Bianchi. Uh, flying solo today on the hosting front uh, for the next two days. It'll, I'll be without Ethan, but we do have uh, two great guests. We got John Neo coming tomorrow to do a Red Wings rewind on game four of the two, 1997 Stanley Cup final. And today, a friend of the program making his second appearance on the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. It is Detroit News Red Wings beat writer, Ted Coffin. Ted, welcome to the show. Hey, Nolan. How are things going? Uh, you know, uh, as good as they can <laughs> be, I suppose, for anybody. There's I hear you. I hear you. A lot going on in the world right now, uh, but your neck of the woods was thrown out of normalcy about a week and a half ago. Uh, luckily, we're on that team trip to the nation's capital for a game against Alexander Ovechkin uh, and the Washington Capitals. But last Thursday, or I guess it'd be two Thursdays ago by now, yeah, uh, was was when the NHL season got suspended. Now, I, I've been keeping up with you know everything that you've been writing and whatnot, and you seem to uh, you know you're not sure whether the Red Wings will return to play this season, but let's just, you know, operate under the assumption that they're not. And if that's the case, what is the most disappointing thing about them not getting to finish the end of the season? I think everybody kind of likes the integrity of an 82 game season. Nolan, I really do. I mean, they just like to see the whole thing completed. I mean, obviously around here, it wasn't a great, it wasn't a great season, right. but you still want some normalcy and, just as far as the playoffs, I mean, right now, let's face it, it's, it's, everything's in suspended animation, but as far as any potential playoffs, I mean, it's in such a state of flux because everybody's kind of played a different amount of games. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do? Are you going to go back to the old standings that it, as it ended, or are you going to go with the winning percentage? Um, I mean, it's not going to be fair for everybody for sure. There's going to be some disappointed people, but you know, I mean, just I think all of us would love to have gone back to these, get back to that sense of normalcy for sure. And you're right, it was a weird day and it was a weird week. I mean, I think we had a general idea that something was going to, I mean, we, when I mean the NHL community, like all of us, mm-hmm. I think all of us kind of suspected something was going to go down here in the next week or two. But I think just the way it came down the night before with the whole thing in the NBA with Rudy Gobert and kind of knew something was going to be happening the next day for sure with the NHL. And sure enough, I mean, I don't know. I mean, just the way every, the whole world seemed to change that Thursday for sure. And now you just wonder, is there going to be enough time for them to come back? I think as each day goes by, I think the chance of a regular season being completed seems awfully pie in the sky. And then you really wonder if there's going to be enough time to really do a whole playoffs that has any integrity to it. I mean, you're going to be able to play four rounds again, as each day goes by and the news just gets more grim. It seems like, I don't know. Yeah. You kind of wonder if they're going to be enough time to do that. Right. And then, you know, I, I've been, and this has been something that I've seen kind of more with the NBA, a schedule that has been kicked around. But, you know, you see some people, they've been throwing out the idea of, okay, let's say we return in July. Uh, we see, Nolan, I don't know. I mean, that, or, you're a hockey per- guy. I mean, do you really want to see hockey in July and August? I mean, I don't know. I just, whenever I see those, it's just, I can't see it. I mean, first off, you're going to be off the ice way too long, a lot, all these mm-hmm. guys. I mean, I just... And then you're really kind of 
kind of infringing on the next season. I mean, you're almost asking these guys. I mean, I've heard that, yeah, obviously a lot of this, there's been some players that are bouncing around this idea, but I'm not really sure they've thought about it this thoroughly. I mean, you're talking about going to be playing hockey about, what, about 15 months straight almost? And then if you're the Stanley Cup champion next year, then you got like a two-month off period there. You're talking about maybe being playing hockey for about 20-some-odd, 22 out of 24 months or something. I mean, it's ungodly. I mean, I just, I just I know that there's been that one, yeah, matrix been put out last week. But I really doubt that's going to go through, or you know, go much further than discussion. I don't know. I mean, yeah. like we, they're just there's it's just a really difficult situation. I mean, it's in suspended animation. Everybody's in the same boat. We're all in uncharted waters, and I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how the rest, you know, the rest of this unfolds and i think that's that's kind of the one thing that i guess is a little bit comforting is that uh this is unprecedented territory for right. you know everybody and and there's not going to be in my opinion a, a solution that really screws anybody too bad i mean you got some you know whatever happens happens but i think about my concern uh as somebody and your concern as somebody who uh, their primary job is to pay attention to the red wings i'm more curious to know uh, you know, how this is going to impact the draft because there's so many aspects to think about, uh, you know, not getting to see the top guys perform in their final postseason of their draft year. Who knows when that's and really how. That's really underrated, Nolan. Yeah, that, that's really underrated. I mean, I know a lot of guys, a lot of scouts, you know, this is a big time of year right here. This is the mo- these are the most important games, and you really want to see how some of those guys play under those circumstances. So not getting that opportunity – I mean, you're relying on what you've done up to this point as far as scouting these guys. Yeah, and then you got the uh, the combine. Who knows how and when that'll take place. And then one thing that I, I kind of thought of, and I, I'd be interested to get your thoughts on this, is there, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a different situation because of the fact that the Red Wings have clinched last place. But, I mean, do you see a situation where this affects how the lottery odds are distributed if the I doubt it. Right I mean, now? I don't know how you could really – I mean, again, who knows, but I doubt it. I mean, I think what's done is done. And, I mean, they'll get that 18% chance. But I think the thing that people are overlooking is the fact that Ottawa has their own plus San Jose. So, so Ottawa's chances, if you add them up, I think last time I looked, I haven't looked in a while before the season got suspended. Mm-hmm. Ottawa was going to get a pretty good chunk of uh, chunk of ping pong balls in there too. Maybe even more than the Red Wings. So, yeah, I don't think I think that's going to take place. The combine Nolan, I don't know. I mean, it's not like the NFL combine. I mean, it's going to be disappointing if that doesn't take place, but mm-hmm. I think most teams can live without that. I mean, all they get to do is interview those guys and some tests are taken the last couple of days or last know, day and a half or so, but right. I think the, most teams can live without the combine, but I don't know the entry draft. I mean, it sounds like it's good. sounds like they're leaning more and more toward having like a teleconference type of thing. I mean, I can't imagine them bringing all the prospects from Europe and whatnot and oh, no, inviting 10 or 20,000 people inside the Bell Center for the draft. I just, right. <laughs> I cannot see that happening. Right. So, 
again, but again, we're just, as far as the lottery and everything else, we're just spitballing here, man. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody knows when and I mean, right now it's scheduled for what? I think it's like June 24th and 25th or 25th and 26th or something like that. It's like, who knows if that's going to take place that weekend or if they are going to have any playoffs. Are they going to, you know, obviously, you're going to have the playoffs first. So mm-hmm. who knows? If they, if, if they do get back to playing, Nolan, they, this thing's just going to get pushed back until July or August then. Well, and like, uh, we'll move on from this in a second because, you know, there's, there's just all we're really doing is speculating. But I mean, just oh, one yeah. thing that adds on to it, sure. you mentioned that they're taking so much time off. You almost have to think that with everything else that they have to do, you also have to give everybody maybe a two week, one week impromptu sure. training camp. Sure. At least a just, week or two, don't you think? I mean, at yeah, least absolutely. a week or two. So again, so you're just kind of kicking that pushing can it down back the road. even further than yeah, yeah kicking the can down the road so i don't know as we like you said i mean as each day goes by it just seems like it's going to be a little more difficult to get this thing grinding back to a, you know a start well let's look at something uh, even a little more bleak which is the the 2019 20 <laughs> red wings season uh you know this team obviously took a step backward you know, record-wise, but, you know, with a full season in the books and just kind of seeing how Eiserman operates, those shrewd moves that he made, the Robbie Fabry for Jacob De La Rose, like, you know, just, just all the moves that he's made along the way, does this team have a clearer sense of direction or identity than they did heading into last offseason, in your opinion? No, well, I mean, uh, obviously, I think he's beginning to put a stamp on this team. I mean, there were several nice acquisitions. I mean, I'm not sure if Fabry's an, uh, like a big-time cornerstone piece going forward, but here in the immediate future, here looks like he's going to be a nice. You know, he's been he's had a nice season. I mean, there were some peaks and valleys, but mm-hmm. I think you know definitely he's a guy that you can count on coming back next season and you know f- producing some an X amount of offense. Alex Biega, even a guy like that, I mean, yep. he's going to be a safe, dependable third pairing type of guy for them or a seventh defenseman who you can plug in and get a serviceable pro, you know, and at veteran minimum too. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we're seeing, I mean, it's still the thing is no one, there's so much work to be done here. I mean, he's Eiserman's sure. begun his, you know, begun to put the stamp on this, but man, there's still so much, but let's see what happens at the draft, who he gets there. Um, it'll be interesting to see which, re- I mean, there's like a boatload of restricted free agents here. It'll, it'll be interesting to see, you know, who stays and who goes and there's Actually, always, we haven't touched on free agent, unrestricted free agency. I mean, are they going to be very active in free agency or not? I doubt they'll be too active. I mean, I just don't think they're ready yet to go that route. Uh, I'm not sure how many people would come here at this point either, but uh, I, I think, think we'll get. I think we'll get more of a clearer vision of what he wants to do here in the next summer or two, for sure. Are there any pending restricted free agents that you don't anticipate back? And you know, for the listeners out there who are maybe thinking, you know, who who would that be? Just a short list I got here. I have Evgeny Sveshnikov, Adam Ernie, Madison Bowie, Christopher N, Brendan Perlini, and Dmitro Timoshov. I would think well, those that, are restricted guys. Those are restricted guys. Oh, did I say unrestricted? The unrestricted. The unrestricted are like Jimmy Howard, yeah, Trevor Daly, Jonathan Erickson. And right off the bat, I don't think any of those three guys are going to be back. So. Right. 
So those three are gone. Um, Timisha, I mean, the restricted, the only one, the only one that comes to mind that's kind of iffy, I think, is Brendan Perlini. I, I just, he wasn't very impressive. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious to see. I mean, he might be a good guy to shuttle between Detroit and Grand Rapids. I don't know if you'd totally discard him from your organization, but I don't know. That'd be kind of, I mean, that'd be interesting to see what happens with Perlini. Uh, Bowie. I don't know. I mean, it's, we'll wait and I haven't really delved too deep into it, but I'm not sure he did enough to maybe warrant another contract. I mean, maybe go in another direction, but I don't know. There's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of people there that, that you know, they got to make decisions on. And another segue to another subject here is like, again, if with, if in terms of the salary cap next year, if if they're allowed to do some amnesty buyouts, do guys like Franz Nielsen and John, Justin Abdelkader become very vulnerable? I think they do. I mean, yeah. let's face it, those two guys did not have good seasons at all. If there are no penalties involved in terms of like a, just an amnesty buyout because the salary cap may not, you know, may stay flat or go down because of this lost season, I could definitely see them buying those two guys out and just going toward a different direction. And Abdulkader is a guy that, uh, you know, you have to remember he is not even halfway through that seven-year deal, or I think he might be in a, he, he might be right in the fourth. middle of it, yeah, right yeah. the other half of it, but and I mean, another was, did not play well at all. And neither did Franz Nielsen. So you wonder if they would just buy those two guys, out, two guys out and just take another step toward the future. I was, uh, you know, speaking of a step towards the future, I we've speculated on this show that Jimmy Howard probably will not be back. No, I don't uh, see how next year. Um, No, I don't see how Nolan. I mean, let's face it. You look at that season; it'd be difficult, difficult, difficult to justify bringing him back at any cost. Well, do you see? You know, just I guess off the top of your head. do you think they go out and sign a proven backup or do they allow for a chance like somebody like Keith Petruzzelli who had an incredible season in NCAA or Philip Larson who uh, struggled in the ECHL? Uh, oh, they'll get a know. veteran. There's a lot of good veterans actually who are going to be available. Um, my mind's frozen right now. I can't, I can't think of anybody. They'll definitely go. They'll get a veteran backup and there's always veteran goalies available every summer. So they'll get somebody for a year or two. And if they really want to bring in a big fish, I mean, you know, Braden Holpe's available. That'd be kind of interesting. I mean, and goaltenders are kind of like NFL running backs right now. You can get them Mm -hmm. relatively cheap. They're kind of the position where there's a lot more goalies available than positions, you know, starting positions or whatnot. So just spitballing here. I mean, maybe they can get a Holpe for, you know, relatively good. I mean, they're going to get for a relatively good price. But again, you kind of wonder if a guy like that would even, right? but then again, if there's not a whole lot of offers, he's got entertaining. A guy, he'll you know, he's he gonna take a, a job so anywhere he can get. get so there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And he won a cup. So maybe it's just time to get paid. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm curious to know, just, uh, you know, we oftentimes on this show, 
uh, whenever Steve Eiserman does a thing where he speaks publicly, I'm like, oh, let's, you know, those are rare times, by the way, (laughs) they are rare times and he doesn't say much. Uh, so I'm just curious to know, like from your perspective, you know, a little inside the biz, what's the biggest difference in covering this team under Holland and covering them under Eiserman now? Well, just like you kind of, kind of like hinted there. I mean, it's a different type of operation in terms of availability. And I mean, you you don't get a lot of info kind of coming out of there. Even the guys under him aren't, don't really talk a whole lot. Uh, So it's just a different vibe. I mean, Kenny was a lot more open with the media. Steve just doesn't operate that way. He's much more reserved and kind of plays it to the vest, but you know, whatever that cliche is, we're close Mm -hmm. to the vest. So it's just, yeah, totally. It's a different vibe, different operation, but you respect that each, everybody does things differently. Um, so you just get around that, get around it that way. All right. So we'll wrap it up on this. Uh, what is the thing that Red Wings fans should be looking forward to the most for the 2020, 21 season? Hmm. Eh, there are, there is hope. I mean, it'll be, it'll be an interesting summer, Nolan. I mean, if it ever gets going, I mean, you got mm-hmm. the entry draft. So at worst, you can get a, at worst, you figure they're going to get the fourth pick overall. But if they do get one of the top two picks, I mean, you know, everybody's been talking about Alexis Lafreniere. Sounds like he's going to be, could be a generational player. So mm-hmm. you'd love to add a piece like that to your program. But a guy like Quentin Byfield has a lot of fans too, like a big six foot four center. So if you get one of those two guys right off the bat, I mean, that would, that would help the rebuild. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, where Moritz Sider goes next year. I mean, is he ready for the NHL or does he need a little more seasoning in Grand Rapids? But that, his development will be something to watch because it'll be interesting to see what they do in free agency. I mean, you know, there's a lot of little under the ground speculation that maybe a guy like Tory Krug might want to come home, mm-hmm. but would Krug really want to come back here, whether with the Bruins and such, I mean, the Bruins should be contenders for the next couple of years. I mean, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what a guy with that, like that would want to do. Not to mention he is, you know, he is going to be right around 30 or I think just over 30. And tell you what, today's NHL. I mean, that's kind of scary territory. I mean, he hasn't shown any drop off yet, but still, um, I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of – there's going to be news. And, well, we haven't even touched on it. What's the future of Jeff Blaschel? I mean – Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, who knows? I mean, I mean how this, did you take that That Steve Eisenman's response of, as of right now, I plan on – I can't remember the exact quote. But. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, don't, I think it would have been interesting. Again, it's one of those things where it would have been kind of – I think you'd get a little bit clearer picture if he had played 82 games. I mean, just see – how these guys would would have played the final eighth of the season or so. I mean, I think they were developing really well. Not really well, but at least well over the last few weeks. I mean, again, some of the younger kids were taking steps forward. I don't think you can blame them for this mess. I mean, it was – you not kind of knew it was going to be a very, very difficult season, and it played out that way. Um, I think he – I don't know – I hate to, you know, I hate to sit on the fence, but I could see going either way. I mean, I could see him coming back because I really do think 
it sounds like Iserman has some respect for Jeff Blash on the job he can do and works well with younger players and you can't really blame him for this season in some regards. On the flip side, I could see Steve Eiserman continuing putting his stamp on his organization, like we said, and bringing in his own guy. So, you know, we'll see what happens here in the summer in the weeks ahead. Yeah, you know, it was uh, it's it was going to be an offseason of a lot of unknowns, and then uh, the entire uh, state really of the world. Really put an exclamation point. Yeah, yeah. it kind of uh, really, really, you know, multiplied that by tenfold so uh it's gonna be an interesting summer ted thank you so much for coming on we really appreciate you taking time out of the, your uh, your busy schedule to hop onto the show uh be sure to check out ted's uh ted's red wings writing at detroitnews.com he's got new stuff what you're putting up something like pretty much every day or every we're other? trying we're trying for sure all right. Well, uh, you have been putting up some excellent work in the uh, suspension period, so be sure to check that out. And we'll see you right back here tomorrow, same time, same place. 